I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Thomas Borrell, Chief Product Officer of Polymath. We're talking about tokens, security tokens on the blockchain. How do security tokens actually work? Uh, security tokens are essentially a digital representation of financial assets, such as equity, debt, commodity, structured products. They're essentially securities on a blockchain. They're securities that are digitally represented on a blockchain. So how have digital assets been evolving? Because there's been a lot of hot air from regulators about digital assets. How have they evolved over the course of the last couple of years alongside regulation? When we talk about security tokens, not all of them have the same properties. So perhaps the, the first thing to do would be to sort of segment into a couple of types. So we can talk about asset tokenization, which is essentially taking a traditional financial asset that exists off-chain and have it represented on the blockchain. Or we can talk about asset origination, which is essentially having a financial asset that is originated directly and exists only on the blockchain. And so for the latter, there's the significant changes that have happened from a regulatory standpoint to support this. But over and above that, you know, one, one thing that we have seen as an industry is a significant amount of clarification coming from regulators. And those have led to what we see are requirements for a fundamental shift from using general purpose technology to purpose-built technology. And, and specifically, we're talking about the use of, of smart contracts. So essentially, code to do DVP, to do atomic swaps, uh, delivery versus payment. There's been lots of talks around transaction finality and how uh, computer-based transaction finality, if you will, needed to comply with certain rules. Trade confirmation and affirmation that was sort of orthogonal to the way uh, blockchain was functioning, uh, was functioning today. So we've seen a lot of clarification there, but what we felt as an organization is that that clarification from the regulators is essentially pushing us down the path to leverage new technology, to create new technology specifically designed to support those digital assets. There's been a lot of talk about digital assets and about security tokens for a couple of years, if not even longer. Blockchain as a, as a topic of conversation has been around even longer we're still waiting for mass take-up. What needs to happen for institutional investors to get on board? So great, great question. You know, institutions are obviously extremely regulated. And so that clarity from the regulators was, was a very necessary first step. And so when we analyzed those requirements from a, from a regulatory standpoint, when we look at how regulators have approached that digitization of asset, uh, what ended up surfacing was the need for four major barriers to adoptions to be addressed. You know, the first one is around the governance of those blockchains. Most blockchains are what's called public permissionless, which means anyone can participate to those chains. And so as a result, they've implemented mechanism that allow for essentially the general users to decide on upgrades or the, the participants into the network to decide on upgrades. And that can cause some very specific challenges, which are called a hard fork, where essentially the chain splits into two. 
And so what ends up happening in that situation is you have an asset that's represented on this blockchain. The chain splits into two. Now you have two of the same asset, one that is backed by the real security and the other one that is not. And so that causes legal challenges, that causes taxation challenges as well. So the first barrier is around that governance preventing those folks from actually occurring, which is a problem that is very specific to blockchain. The second one is around the the permissionlessness of the chain and the pseudo-anonymity of the chain where most public permissionless blockchain, there is no identity system. So anyone can join and participate. When it comes to security, there needs to be that identity piece. No one can touch a security without going through the proper layer of of due diligence. And so for institutional adoption, it's important not only that that identity be part of the acquisition and sale of securities, but also in the execution of a transaction all the way down to the network participants, such as the block producers in in the context of a blockchain. Uh, knowing who they are. So two financial institutions that do a transaction don't end up paying a fee through the network fee, the, the gas fee, to someone that could be on a sanction list. And so addressing that issue of identity, addressing that issue of onboarding is that second barrier to adoption. The third one's around confidentiality and privacy, and it really has to do with the benefits of blockchain are transparency, but that transparency can uh, can cause some challenges itself, particularly around anyone being able to see one's positions or trades. And so we felt strongly that to protect the intellectual property of, of banks and investment banks, having a layer of com- confidentiality on top of the chain was absolutely necessary or, or rather built into the chain. And the last one is compliance and being able to deliver automated compliance and automated enforcement of trade restrictions at scale. Well, I assume all these problems are addressable and are solvable. How will the use of security tokens change the way people trade? What does it bring to the table? When we talk about security tokens, one of the core benefits of security tokens are automation, the ability to automate all those transfer restrictions, which then leads into lower cost, and also the ability to have that that single uh, digital golden record if you will, that every uh, that all counterparties can can have access to, there are significant challenges when it comes to trade reconciliation, significant risks, if you will, when it comes to trade reconciliation. And so, the benefit of security tokens is you have that ledger that provides both counterparties with the exact details of the trade they entered into. So, as they do the as they go through their own processes. And and reconcile those, and and eventually that trade gets reconciled as part of settlement, there is much lower risk for settlement failure or or, or, uh, the inability to reconcile the trades. And there's the ability to automate a lot of the functionality that we've seen in traditional financial asset distribution of capital, simplifying uh, corporate actions as well, that then leads to uh, cost reduction. Another one is a benefit around uh, accessing new pools of investors. Security tokens allow for the aggregation of assets, so taking smaller 
tokens into a bigger one to take projects that normally institutions would not look at because they're below their threshold, aggregate them into a bigger one and allowing them to invest, but also fractionalization, which then allows larger projects to be broken down into smaller valued assets that allow for uh, uh, more retail investors or more modest investors to participate. And what's Polymath's role? What are you, what are you doing? So Polymath, we're a, we're a software company and we're driven by a, a vision of a world where everyone has equal access to economic growth. So what we're doing to execute on this vision is we're automating and simplifying regulated markets through blockchain. To get there, we're contributing to a dependable compliance-focused blockchain that can help connect market participants and grow the security token, uh, the security token market. So, our focus is squarely with technology. We're a technology provider. We're not a broker, dealer, an exchange, or a custodian, and we don't intend to be one. But with that said, we understand the need for a broad ecosystem to support the issuance and servicing of securities, which is why one of our key objective is to connect those key market, those market participants, and not alienate them by potentially becoming their competitors. Thomas Burrell, Chief Product Officer of Polymath, thank you very much.